0: Good morning, and thank you again, Pastor Hubbard, for allowing me to come and be a part of your uh, fellowship today, your worship today. Uh, thank you, our congregation, for allowing me to share with you. Uh, my dear friend, Pastor Hubbard, uh, has, has, has continued to be a blessing in my life and the life of my family. So I just want to thank you and, and continue to uh, that God would bless uh, this church, that it would be a shining light on the hill, to join in bringing and leading others to Christ this morning I want to share with you from the book of Proverbs chapter 11 and I want to read a few verses uh, one through four from the new King James version which reads dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord but a just weight is his delight when pride comes then comes shame But with the humble is wisdom. The integrity of the upright will guide them. But the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. But righteousness delivers from death. I want to read also the same from the Message Bible. God hates cheating in the marketplace. He loves it when business is above board. The stuck-up fall flat on their faces, but the earth, but down-to-earth people stand firm. The integrity of the honest keeps them on track. The deviousness of crooks brings them to ruin. A thick bankroll is no help when life falls apart, but a principled life can't stand up to the worst. Verse 5 in the message says, moral character makes for smooth traveling. An evil life is a hard life. Good character is the best insurance. Crooks get trapped in their sinful lust when the wicked die. That's it. Story over. A good person is saved from much trouble. A bad person's runs straight into it. This chapter begins with a focus on two vital traits. Honesty and humility. Juxtaposition or juxtapose against cheating and pride. People with true integrity practice H&H, honesty and humility, in every area of their lives, including their business dealings. Each one of our lives has a story to tell. Question, when the narrative of your life is written, which story will be told? One of good character or one of bad character? I want to speak to you from the topic, the juxtaposition of two characters, the juxtaposition of two characters. Father God, thank you for this time. May the power of your Holy Spirit enable this word to go forward. May your grace go before me and speak to the heart of these your people and may our lives be better forward in Jesus name. Amen. Juxtaposition is the act or instance of placing two elements, items or choices close together or side by side to compare and contrast the difference between the two. Juxtaposition, of course, is a two-part word. Words have meanings. Juxta is a Latin word for near. Position is English for a point or area occupied by your physical presence, mental or emotional mindset. Let me make it plain. On Tuesday, October 13th, I will be in position at the polling place. My mindset will be voting. In this solilo- soliloquy, Solomon, son of David, presents us with two choices that will ultimately tell our story. Dishonest scales, cheating, are an abomination to the Lord. But a just weight, a fair weight in the marketplace, is his delight. Abomination to the Lord. When I think of the word abomination, I think of something putrid. I think of something vile. I think of something unsettling, an abomination. I would that my character not be such that I'm an abomination unto the Lord. During the early development of civilization, scales were used to measure weights. Virtually all commercial transactions involved the use use of weights and balances. Metal pans were suspended from cords on each end of a balance beam. So when matter was placed on one side, the matter on the opposite side needed to be equal in weight. They would place the weight on each pan until they reached that equilibrium. Until they balanced out. I want to ask a question. Are you living a balanced life on today? Does what you say on one hand. Equal to what you do on the other. Are you balanced? The book of Leviticus chapter 19 verse 35. New King James says this. You shall do no injustice in judgment. In measurement of length. Weight or volume. You shall have honest scales, honest weights, honest ephah, which is matter, and honest hen, which is liquid. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. I didn't bring you out for you to carry the same ways. That you carried when you're in Egypt or for you to be like the Egyptians. I brought you out to honor me. Because I hold the ultimate scales to your life. A quart of wheat for a day's wages and three quarts of barley for a day's wages. And do not damage the oil and the wine. A day's wages, as it refers to in Revelation 6 verse 5. A day's wages refers to a silver coin the Roman denarii, which is worth about 15 cents, which was the normal day's wages for a worker. In the book of Amos, chapter 8, verse 4 and 6, it says this, Hear this, who swallow up the needy, and make the poor of the land fail, saying, When will the new moon pass, that we may sell grain, and the Sabbath that we may trade wheat, making the ephah, the matter, small. Making it small and watch this and the shekel large. So I'm going to give you a small amount for a lot of money. It's it's almost like going to a store in the wealthy part of town and then going to buying the same item in the poorer part of town. How many of you know you're paying more money? in the town that has less resources, in the part of town that has less resources. That's what we're up against. This injustice not only cheats the buyer, it cheats. The, it's an offense to God who holds the scales of justice in his mighty hands. Improper scales are a symbol of corruption. These scales of justice not only measure weight, But they also measure the motives of a man, especially the self-righteous. Cheating the buyer is an abomination to God. Stay with me here. I'm on a journey. Are you living a balanced life? There are five areas uh, that 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 I believe God wants us to live balanced life in. There are five areas. The first one is personal. Is your personal life balanced? The second one would be family. Do you have a balanced family life? The third would be the workplace. Is there a balance in your workplace? Are you representing God in your workplace? The fourth area would be church. Are you giving your service to your church community? And the last area would be community. Where you live, are you serving? Are you living balanced life? But for the sake of this conversation, I want to focus on on the workplace, using my wife as an example. Do you make personal calls during work hours? Take unauthorized long lunch breaks? Make personal or ministry copies on the office copy machine? Or walk off with pens, paper, even paper clips? Yes, I know, I know this may sound a little bit petty to some, but management may not see it the same way. Because you're stealing time, abusing equipment and taking supplies. As employees, we have a responsibility to make our company profitable. In turn, we should be recipients of profit sharing. Your salary is not profit. Your salary is a company liability. It's company overhead. Profit sharing comes from, the, from your 401k and matching programs, employee stock option program, ESOP, and company bonuses. These are few ways, a few ways that the company may reward employees that excel in the workplace. Are you living up to the contract you signed when you walked in? I I, I have a 23 year old son. He's 23. Now he moved out on his own. He, 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 amen. He moved out on his own about two months ago. And he came by one day and we were talking about the workplace. And I said, well, so how's it going, man? How's it going? He said, oh man, it's going good. But man, they are tripping, they are tripping about, about, you know, always tripping like, you know, well, you got to be here early. And you got, I said, Hey man, let me tell you something. Your work, hour starts at 8 a.m. You need to be there at a quarter to eight. You need to be in place at eight o'clock because your time is eight to five. If you walk in at eight, you you get your coffee, you chit chat with your folks, you walk around, kick it from what you did the night before, and then you get to your desk, and now it's 8.15. You just stole 15 minutes of time from your company. And then you wonder, well, why don't I get the promotion? The person next to me, they they they, they get promoted. Uh, they they've get they've gotten breaks. Yeah, but they're also there 15 minutes early, and the boss is there 30 minutes early. Change the way you operate, and you will change what you receive. Either say amen or ouch. As a kingdom of disciples, we are to model excellence in every aspect of our lives, especially the workplace. The workplace or marketplace, as it is often referred to, is a multicultural, multi generational environment that a myriad of cultural, social, education, and spiritual constructs occur in. It is God's design that his kingdom come in the marketplace, and it comes through his disciples. My wife recently retired after 40 years working for a major oil company. Her retirement celebration was a testimony to the impact that a kingdom disciple can make in the marketplace. Coworker after coworker spoke on her inner strength, her resilience, her work ethic, and most of all, her character. Her young female co-workers spoke of the kindness that she shared while coaching them on how to present themselves in the workplace. Several of her male co-workers spoke of the respect that they had for her excellence in project management. I've always known that my wife was a fully devoted follower of Christ. However. I didn't know that she made that great of an impact over a 40 year period on her job. It was amazing to sit there and listen to that. She understood the timeless principles of doing her work as unto the Lord and not as unto man. Which not only yields temporal rewards, it prepositions you to receive your eternal reward. Where do you land on the scales of justice, cheating and humility, character? Where do you land? Are these things above board or are they below? If not, you have an opportunity to correct it. Character is often defined as who you are when you're alone. For many years, I accepted this definition without question until some very prominent people began to fall apart all around me. Politicians and parents, teachers and preachers and businessmen, entertainers. Simply put, all people from all walks of life. Suddenly it hit me. (laughs) You don't know what people do when they're alone. You don't know what I do when I'm alone. But what you do when you're alone is not your character. There's got to be some inner strength, something more that makes the man or the woman. Recognizing that the eyes of the Lord, as it says in Proverbs 15, 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good, even when you're alone. I find it refreshing that every time Jesus separated himself from the crowd, he was either teaching in the synagogue as a 12 year old or he was alone in the garden praying. We know that there was one time when he asked the question, Father, let this cup pass from me. Indicating that this is not easy. This is not easy. But then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. That's a question when you're in that place of decision making, when you're in a juxtaposition on what to do. That's a great question to ask, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. So how then does character manifest itself in our daily lives? In his book, Renovation of the Heart, philosopher and theologian Dallas Willard puts it this way, our character is that internal, overall structure of the self that is revealed by our long run patterns of behavior and from which actions more or less automatically arise. What is it that you do automatically, instinctively. That's character. That's character. It is character that explains why we use credit reports and resumes and letters of reference to make decisions about people. They do not just tell what someone did, but they reveal what kind of thoughts, feelings, and tendencies of will that a person habitually acts from and therefore how he or she will act in the future. What is your character? So juxtaposition, juxta being Latin for near. Position is English for being at a point or area occupied by your physical presence, mental or emotional mindset. Are you in or out of position to be blessed? Are you in or out of position to receive God's highest and God's best? Are you in or out of position to receive a return, eternal reward worth striving for? Where are you today? Where are you today? I close with this text from Isaiah 40. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? measured heaven with a span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or as his counselor has taught him with whom did he make take counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice, who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are as a drop in the bucket and are counted as the small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the aisles as a very little thing. If you put your trust in the hand of the master, I guarantee you, he will line you up. He will set you up to receive your highest and your best. And you now will walk with a character that will glorify and please him. God bless you.